it's kind of like what I was explaining. We have like a Yama who mm. is like your secretary for hell. And they're like, oh, yes, Mr. Smith, I see mm. you were a rapist. You get the um, burning your feet off hell. Mm. Ah, Mr. Uh, Mr. James um, Weeks Booth. Um, you 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 shot the president, so we're gonna make you watch nothing but president porn. You know, for the next you know what your you know what this reminds me of? Yeah, the Ron Atkinson, the Devil's. Oh sketch. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what it's actually yeah. reminding yeah. me of right Toby. now. Toby, <laughs> <laughs> Toby, that's the one. Yes, <laughs> yes, but yeah, um, but yes, unlike yes. that, and sketch, the Jews are right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Alternating with Eric, episode 31. I am Connor. I'm a musician and sound engineer, and I have with me always my friend and co-host, martial artist and Russian, <laughs> Eric. Yes, thank you, Connor. That was a very apt description. Um, rather ambiguous on the Russian part, <laughs> but we'll... Word. Do you want me to say Armenian Russian? Mm. How, how clear do you want me to be exactly? Oh, I don't really mind. Because I can say British Kiwi or European Kiwi. I do not clear. mind. No one's really cared before. But the martial artist part is, I'll take that to heart. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Well, see, I say musician because I've only just sort of taught myself guitar like this year and last year. And I'm a self-taught guitarist, so mm. kind of almost don't count myself as a guitarist quite yet. Well, you count yourself as a good guitarist if you can manage to, what is it, play... <laughs> play Wonderwall. <laughs> no, play, play Metallica almost, you know, note for note. <laughs> okay, you, you need a bit of definition. I know plenty of people that can play Metallica note for note. Not well, but plenty of people that can play, what is it, like Fade to Black or something. Uh, all right. Oh, I was thinking more like uh, Wherever I May Roam. <laughs> That's always an easy well, one. You're going for you're going for the the not as you're not going for the typical Inter Sandman. You're not you know what? Oh, Inter Sandman's good, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. I'd go Ride Lightning. That's that's a that's a good one. Mm, King Nothing. That's always a good one. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, we, we uh, yeah. See, we we know Metallica. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, first time I've ever listened to King Nothing. I'm glad you didn't was... say Saint Anger or so whatever. To no, kick no, off no. The podcast. But I will tell you something <laughs> funny. The first time I've ever listened to King Nothing, it was of a parody music video featuring uh, George W. Bush II. No. Mm-hmm. You can imagine <laughs> why. <laughs> All right, so Eric, mm-hmm. uh, what have you been up to this week? Well, what have I been up to this week? Just trying to relax and um, you just kind of work, you know, work and relax, work and relax. Not exactly the best um, lifestyle, but wherever I'm, whenever I'm not relaxing, I have been rewatching some old episodes of South Park. 
not no. the best, not the best um, source material for you know young kids, but obviously for adults, it is. The we're not aimed thing. at young kids. I don't know why you're acting like we're kid friendly podcast. We're not. We're what? not. When did this happen? We're <laughs> not. I don't even label us as kid friendly on any of our like stuff on YouTube or any of that. You know. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 I think we've actually got the explicit tag on a couple of our ones because we do tend to swear a couple of Oh, times. God, I hope so. And, um, but other than that... This is season one. So um, season one. yeah, there's some random old episodes that I've been looking at. I can't so even remember like some of them. is this like the Nambla one? Because I remember that one being pretty good. so. Like it's early kind seasons. of... Yeah, it's, I've been kind of in and out of South Park. So, oh, yeah. uh, it's been weird because I've been mostly focusing on a TV series called Suits. Yep. Which yeah, is last week. Yeah, because it was it's kind of like um Boston Legal and the practice with Alan okay. Shaw. Can you but, can you to show your weebness give us an anime comparison at all? An anime comparison? What do you the best I could think of is like I don't know, a B Shonen <laughs> How about legal drama? Um, but I can't think of any anime that would be like a legal drama. Maybe like Phoenix, Ace Attorney. Phoenix right, Ace Attorney. That's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. what it's like. <laughs> but in the real world. Yeah. So a little bit less a little bit more boring because yeah. there's no one shouting objection. Well, unless the main character decides to be funny. Well, you say realistic, but I imagine there's a lot of people not sitting and talking about their cases. I imagine a lot of people are getting up and talking to the, like the audiences, like the crowd, the jury and stuff. What you can't actually do. Not in the New Zealand court. And I've been um, as a as a juror. You you can't do that in American one. You know what I mean? Where yeah, yeah. where every movie. Uh, I think where, I think where the lawyer yeah. gets up and yells at like the yeah. jury and the other. Well, lawyers. that doesn't happen that often because it's kind of frowned upon, especially in New Zealand, where yeah, you does, know, does it happen in suits? That's that's what I mean. Though. It does happen very less often in suits than it does in other shows. Okay, so it's slightly more realistic. It's slightly most, more realistic, yeah. um, which is really good. Which is a really good thing about it. I think. Um, the only other, the only thing I really skip out on it is it's more kind of character development sex sections or segments okay. you know where we kind of see what the characters are like in real life you know outside of their yeah. work and just yeah. how it develops them well, they're trying to get you to like the characters there <laughs> i the only character i like at the moment is jessica pearson and harvey specter okay um <laughs> Mike Ross, who's also supposed to be the other main character. You're talking like they is... have the most lawyer sounding names. Mike Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Ross. Attorney at large. <laughs> I don't know. Mike Ross is my least favorite character uh, at the moment. What did you say? Um, Sarah Perkinson. Jessica Pearson. Oh, Jessica Pearson. So Jessica Pearson is one of the characters, and so is Harvey Specter. Um, those two characters I love. <laughs> um, the other character I like is uh, oh. Donna Patterson. Who is Jesus? These are like the most TV lawyer mm. names ever. Yeah. Oh, Donna Patterson. Not, I Donna, am Donna, Donna Patterson isn't actually the um, isn't actually a lawyer. She's the what? She's um Harvey Specter's assistant, uh, his secretary. Um, and who else? Then there's uh Lewis Pitts, who is just a rat, okay, looking like a rat and also acting. So like he's a, a rat. Steve Buscemi type character. Oh hell! Oh hell no! He's worse than Steve Buscemi. He's more rat than Steve Buscemi. I He's don't know a, how that's physically possible. That is physically possible. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let me show you a picture um, uh, on on our audio podcast. You're yes, on the, I will show you so you at least understand exactly what uh, I mean. Um, 
Well, I believe we go. I think okay. that's it. Can uh, everybody look this up? What What's the name so everybody at home can? Um, oh, hang look on. This up? Um, let's see, Lewis Pitts. Okay, I think so, it's Lewis Pitts. So look up Lewis Pitts because this is an audio podcast, and Eric yep. wants to talk about something visual. Yes, I do. Um, Are you gonna wave your hands and do hand motions now that nobody <laughs> can see? Yes, I know. I know. He <laughs> just the guy just looks like a. Uh, here we go. Right. Here we go. Ooh, here we go. You see? Wow, he lo- he he's looks like he's missing some cheese in his hand or something. Exactly. <laughs> this guy is here. Here's him with his teeth out. You tell me that he okay. doesn't look like a rat. Okay, yeah, I, I can see it, but but I still think Steve Buscemi is more rat looking. Steve Buscemi, <laughs> this guy makes Steve Buscemi look like nothing. No, no, Steve Buscemi's got that skinny rat thing going for him. That guy's at least he's a, he's a, he's just like a chubby rat, you know. Uh, more or less. He, he's had some good food. <laughs> <laughs> he's not yeah. a coke fiend, you know. Steve Buscemi looks like he could play a drug. Yeah, drug. but I think um, but I think in all his um, in all his work, Steve Buscemi made us think he's a rat but we know he, we knew he wasn't really oh, he's played, but with, rat. He's with, played with actual guy, rats a couple yeah. times though yeah but with this guy with the with lewis with lewis pits in the suits mm. he was you know when you see him the first time when you hear him talk the first time you immediately know you're a <laughs> fucking rat <laughs> you are a rat okay and I like the character just for that. Mm-hmm. The other times in the story, I just dislike him because, you know, he's disloyal. He'll just take advantage of what he, mm-hmm. you know, of any opportunity so, he can. So, Eric, who's best girl? <laughs> let's um, <laughs> let's tone that down a bit. I know we argued <laughs> that for our um, Rose of Versailles uh, review, but we're not going to... You always got to ask that. Who's the wife for? Who's the, who's the, you know... Fine, wife? I'm stuck between Jessica and Donna. See, I knew you'd do it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh. They do, um, you know, the actresses that play them do a really great job, I think, yeah. you know? And it's the, yeah, it's that, uh, that factor of fear that they actually put into their own character that... I really find it enjoyable because yeah. there's not a lot. I don't yeah. see too much of that, especially with lawyers. Like with lawyers, you just hate them, but you don't fear them unless mm. they actually, you know, bring something to you. You know, all this paperwork and all these less legal mumbo jumbo to scare you. But with these characters, they just need to look at you and you think, I think I just pissed myself a little. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think these actresses did really well. So, so yeah, we, we both watched uh, non-anime stuff this week. Yeah, um, unfortunately. I did watch something actually anime-related, but since we're talking about non-anime-related content, um, I watched, I finished The Good Place. Uh, Good I've been place. Watching, I've been watching that. So it's the show of uh, Christian Bell and... Um, is it Kirsten or Kristen? Kristen Bell and um, Ted Danson, and it's it's all about the afterlife. Okay, I never. They basically Kristen Bell dies, and she goes to this place called the Good Place. Okay, and it's her and a couple other people, and they're basically um, they they're in this sort of uh, I don't want to spoil it. They're in kind of this heaven like place, and it's really funny show. But it talks a lot about different things to do with the afterlife and and death and um, what 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 heaven is could actually be and what hell could be and all this sorts of stuff. It's it's really uh, interesting. A lot of the concepts and hang on, yeah. who's the main actress? Christian Chris, Bell. Kristen Bell. You 
You'd know she's um she's in Frozen. You, you know Frozen, Eric, your favorite movie. What? I've never heard of I've never heard <laughs> of Mars, maybe? Uh, um, I'm no. trying to think of other things you might know from. Hang on, let me have a look. Um Policeman, if you look there, they can't return Spark. Spartan? What? She's been in a bunch of stuff, basically. Okay. Um, and Ted Danson, you'd know from Cheers, if you ever saw that. that that's, a, that's an old let me look at the show. Let me look at the more recent ones. <laughs> uh, you, you wouldn't, yeah. And there's just a lot of a lot of the people. It's by the same guy who did um, the American Office. and She was in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. What? Yeah. That is Lucy Stillman. Wow, that is so, incredibly good. So she, she, um, yeah, the people, the guy who made the show did American Office and Parks and Recreation. Yes, so that's it. It's that type of humor, and um, it's got some of the same people turn up occasionally, like uh, Adam Scott, who you'd know from Parks and Recreations. He turns up. Huh. Like she was in BoJack Horseman as well. That's yeah. new. Yeah, and she was. Oh, I remember her. She was um. She you fe- should be able she, to see a picture of her. No, no, she, she featured herself herself in iZombie. Oh, that's yeah. the that's it as well. I've never seen yeah. iZombie to be honest, but yeah. looks it just looks strange. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I I watched I finished that uh, and then I didn't talk about either of these last time. I don't think. Oh no, I did talk about one of them last time. So I finished uh, American Horror Story Asylum. And um, it's as good as everybody said, uh, except I had to watch. So I can't find anywhere legally to watch it streaming. So I had to go to other means to watch it. And I couldn't find a good, like, high quality way to watch it. So I had to kind of watch it like in a stretched format at the last episode, which wasn't great. Everybody's faces looked kind of like warped and weird. Um, so I kind of ruined the now, last Connor, episode. Now, Connor, this is what happens when you look at pirated you pirate, videos. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it should be on Netflix or Amazon. Or there should be, I can't even find it, to be honest. Well, look, I always wanted some of the best Nicolas Cage movies to be on Netflix. But when I tried to pirate them, they look like crap. <laughs> so now I have to wait patiently. <laughs> or just watch them on so, some other free website. So, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I um but I did I did watch most of it and I'm watching uh I watched one episode of Hotel. Uh, I'm gonna try and watch a little bit more of it. Uh just I'm just wanna give some of these seasons a go just because I want to see how similar it is to Ratchet. Because I liked bits of Ratchet. Um and I, I sort of like what Ryan Murphy's doing with some of this some of these shows. So I watched that. Um, and then one I didn't talk about that might get Eric's attention away from his phone right now is, uh, yes, <laughs> is, um, I watched, uh, so I watched something that wasn't, um, J- Japanese animation. I watched an American animated show. Um, I thought I would give a X-Men cartoon show a go because I had seen like the old one. Oh, from... that's right. You mentioned the old school X-Men stuff. Yeah, I, I watched the old. I feel nostalgic sometimes and I, I like the X-Men. So I've seen the like the old one, the classic uh, mm. one that everybody knows the theme song. Yeah, that, one. that was a... Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to it say. It was a cool show. It the was animation cool show. was not great sometimes. Um, some <laughs> people's eyes were different colors and things like that. 
Uh, I thought so, you were going to say some people's <laughs> eyes burned out, or no, no, it would be, it would be, you know, think it's not as bad as like the Super Friends where um, Batman will suddenly be flying in one frame, or Aquaman will be able to teleport, or something like that. Super Friends, I've never heard of that. The Super Friends, it's Justice League before Justice League. Oh my god, ran for exists. ages. Um, so yeah, so I watched the old X Men. Um, I had seen that and I grew up watching X-Men Evolution, which is like the 2000s one. It was uh, dubbed in Canada. So if you know like all the Ocean Group dub people from Death Note and Dragon Ball Z and all that, the original Dragon Ball Z dub, like Brian Drummond and all that, then you'll then you'll hear them in that version of X-Men. Um, Scott Friedman is, uh, uh, no, no, Scott McNeil as um, Wolverine, who's like awesome as Wolverine. But um, the version I watched was a newer cartoon that I thought I'd give a go called uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. Because I tried watching the X-Men anime because I'd seen uh, a friend of ours who used to work at the comic book shop Pulsar. It's a New Zealand comic book shop we have here. Um, he, had, he was watching the X-Men cartoon, like the anime. So I thought I'd give it a go uh, because all the other like Marvel anime stuff is usually crap. Like the Wolverine anime is really, really mm. bad. Uh, like he has a really, I think he's meant to be younger and it doesn't make any sense. Um, and he just has really bad, like weird hair. So I watched one episode of the anime um, and it was okay. I didn't like all the character designs. Wolverine has really weird hair in that one as well. Like they've got the two sort of like, I don't know what you call it, like where he's got kind of the ears in his hair sort of thing. Mm. Um, they've got that sort of look where it's got like the split in the middle, but it's like this got this sort of weird Afro samurai sort of doesn't quite look right. Um, Storm looked fucking fucking amazing, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, best waifu in that in that show. Uh, yeah, so, hey, <laughs> don't give me that look. Um, I so, am giving him a look so, of disappointment, so by the way. you would hit that. Um, you would hit... Ha- Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's based off Halle Berry. Yeah. So, you'd hit that. Yeah. It's based off the Halle Berry one with, like, the short, you know, cut. I never, I never um, agree nor deny that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the saying? I never confirm nor deny that. That's All right, one. all right. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I watched Wolverine versus the uh, Wolverine and the X Men. It's not too bad. Um, funnily enough, going from the anime to that, they actually have a similar plot where uh, both involve Cy- uh, Cyclops kind of going rogue for a bit, and both involve Jean Grey going away, but for different reasons. Mm. Um, and this one has an interesting voice cast. Steve Bloom as Wolverine. Um, he's not too bad. I kind of prefer Scott McNeil. He's just my favorite version, like vocal, vocal wise. Uh, and Liam O'Brien is a nightcrawler. He does a pretty good German accent. He's, he's not too bad. And yeah, there's a couple recognizable voices in there. Hmm. Um, I like Fred Tattershaw's beast and the Hulk. He's really good in as that. So, um, yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying what I've seen about that. It's kind of just Saturday morning fun. There's not too much crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I can tell you that... I, I wanted to watch the anime because that's the only version of Wolverine yeah. in cartoon form where he actually, like, stabs someone with his claws. Like, it actually goes through yeah. someone. And that never happens in any of, like, the animated stuff. Especially in the US. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because they do, like, the sense of things a lot so the children yeah. don't yeah. get traumatized. So... 
because Eric has uh, complained multiple times that I don't watch new stuff, I tried to watch some new stuff just to, <laughs> just to you know. Keyword tried. New, new anime. <laughs> I no, I genuinely did watch some some new anime. It wasn't just Uzaki Chan because Eric get, gets me on that. Um, yeah, so, what have you watched? So I'm trying to remember. I watched two. One I can't even remember because it was kind of forgettable. Mm. Um, Which is fair. Yeah, I'm sorry, it just kind of was. Um, I know I had a lot of fan service, and. I just Go wasn't on. into it. <laughs> no, it was one of those shows where I, it was like Stripe Watch Z. So it was just oh, like, it just felt yep, wrong yep, yep. watching it after a while. So I was like, no. Mm. So yeah, gave well, that a go. I uh, couldn't get into it. Sorry. That's all good. What's the second one then? <laughs> um, So I found out this isn't actually that new. It's a sequel to an old show mm. that I hadn't seen. And I even watched it and I was like, these uniforms look very similar to another show. And I thought, oh, this is just some show copying another show because that happens, you know. That they, okay. sorry, but so like now a lot of the animes, like they are kind of releasing yeah. a lot of remakes or things that just look like another thing. So I did kind of just assume, oh, this is just copying this other thing. But um, no, the show is called. Do I have the name here? Okay, so it's called. I'm gonna try and read this about um, going off mic. It's called Maho no. Uh, um, I don't know exactly what that translates to. Maho's magic, I'm pretty sure. Um, but basically, it is a high school magic show. That's basically what I would call it. And they have like white and green uniforms. And the main dude has like black hair. Um, he looks like a lot of typical sort of protagonists yeah you're you're describing the yeah. most generic generic i'm glad set of you qualities. said that because it was very generic <laughs> so okay and apparently so, this is the second season but i clicked on it because the cover art looked really cool i had those guys like in their uniforms but then it had a character that had like kind of a miyazaki mask and hair mm. so it's like oh this could be different and interesting what kind of weapon does the main character have i think she had like a sword or something that's why that's why i clicked on it wait he it, or she she okay because she had like this red hair and then she had kind of this masquerade mask and i think it looked like she had like a sword or something um see i can barely remember some of the stuff about this it wasn't that rememberable other than like her look was kind of cool she had like a blue suit thing on as well mm. it's a cool character design but that's about it <laughs> could not um tell you i could sort of tell you the plot um uh, mm. basically these guys are in like a japanese magical high school and the year is 2093 or whatever but it basically just lovely looks- it basically just looks like regular Japan, but they've got like they've got. It's, it's funny. It's funny how um they've got different cars. That's basically it. Or they've got like yeah you know, screens they can pull up. It's not that different. It, from... It's it's funny how some of these shows seem to have run out of imagination in describing the futuristic state of their yeah. own of um you know of a country like before say you know um Akira or. You know, um, well, the, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, they're inspired as well. Yeah, but even those yeah. shows had a far better outlook of what the future looked like, whether it was bleak <laughs> or up. Or, you well, know, I guess it is more believable that we wouldn't be that like technically advanced. You know, mm. in that amount of time, we're not going to have. You know, it's not going to be yeah. Blade Runner, but 
But at the same time, it's more exciting if it's Blade Runner because it's kind of boring if it's just like. But if you kind of we got, ima- we got but, better phones now and better but, cars and. But then, it. but then, if you imagine what the propaganda was like for, say, the U.S. and Russia, where they imagine yeah. what they imagine the world will be like in the yeah. future and as far forward well, as the '90s. This show did yeah. have some sort of war and some political. I feel like you and Chang would have paid more attention to it. I didn't <laughs> give a shit about it. <laughs> I like. I heard the exposition. How dare you and I not was pay like, attention? Well. It was like, I don't know, it was like when you guys watched Freezing and, and I just got distracted by like, I was paying too much attention to the fights and like trying to like the characters and you guys were telling me like, oh, all this plot and this armor and this, I was like, I didn't pay attention to any of that because I didn't care about any of the characters. Sorry, is this the show you watched or Freezing? We both watched Freezing. Okay, so we both watched Freezing. Yeah, but, but somehow... this show is like this where, oh, okay. where to me... I don't care about like any of the exposition or any of that stuff if you can't well, also get me to care for the characters. I'm see, the sorry. Thing, I think the thing with me and Chang is the if the exposition flows well and isn't kind of it didn't like like the yeah. like the first Zoids um chaotic century episode, right? We got that I got we got that exposition uh, with um the main character's mother explaining what yeah. happened to the father. That's not the kind of exposition we look out for. <laughs> the kind of exposition we look out for is the kind that flows well, builds the world, yeah. and actually helps us explain. So this is the in typical the like um, Code Geass one, where you, where you introduce the exposition at the start of the episode, mm. and they talk about how this the war or something, and this is changing, and that's changing. Uh, but I didn't notice like any. I don't know. I, I was sort of was. Giving it a go, but hesitant with it. Mm. And uh, and and usually I'll like sort of pay attention to that, but then I'll pay more attention when I like the characters and all that. Like once I really like the characters in the first episode, I'll listen more and pay more attention to that stuff. Yeah, well, what if because you... the exposition doesn't usually get me to like the characters, like. You know, I have to like the characters, not just the world. I'm kind of the opposite. I, if I enjoy the world, mm-hmm. you know, the world building more than the characters, I will try and get myself hooked on the world more than the characters, okay. and the characters come later. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, okay. that's for me, that's the thing that really you know grips mm-hmm. me. You know, yeah. is the what what does the world well, look like? Is it great? Is it crap? Because well, this is the only see, reason, because this is, I'll tell you right now, yeah. this is the only reason I've been able to watch the entirety of Darling and the Franks. I didn't really care that much <laughs> for the characters at the start. I just liked it see, because of what the world looked like. I watched that like. show and I was like, I'd almost be willing to give this a go because there's something interesting with the characters going on. And mm. the, the, the look of it seemed interesting. Mm. But the actual, the rest of the show just didn't interest me. The and world, I, after a while, I was like, no, I actually don't like these characters that much. The world building <laughs> of Darling and the Franks was somewhat unique. Yeah. So, know? it's very Ava. Let's, mm-hmm. just, let's just say that. So, Pretty much. Um, this show is basically, and I'm sure there'll be some very angry nerds who are going to write in that, no, it's actually this, and you should have <laughs> just watched the first season and all those. <laughs> Sorry, I clicked on the first like show that came up that looked new. Um, and I watched it because I liked the designs. Sorry, I judged a book by its cover. <laughs> mm. And guess what? I didn't really like it that much. Um, so the first episode is like this girl from America who's like a part of like a magical police department. America! Is what mm. I got from it. Um, and she's got that cool character design masking that I told you about. Mm-hmm. And she's like capturing this guy. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm in for this. This is kind of like darker than black, like the action and the feel. 
And then, like, she turns into, like, a generic American blonde girl. America. <laughs> yeah. She, she turns into every, like, the stereotypical blonde American anime girl look. Well, and I mean, then, blonde hair is a bit, is more, um... I'm not saying it's it? not, but but you know what I but, mean. But it is more, but it is more foreign, you know. Yeah. Or in the case, you know, in the case of East Asia, it is far yeah. more associated but Eric, with Western. All the foreigners. female characters in the show, like a couple of them, had purple and red hair, and you know, all the crazy anime. Okay, girls. let's let's put that <laughs> stuff aside. <laughs> so it's yeah, that stuff doesn't matter. Let's pretend. And it then the other exist. dumb thing with this is when they introduced her name. Her name was like two American names and then a Japanese name. Because so she's got to be Hafu. Like two Western names and like a Japanese name. What the hell were the two Western names? Uh, I, did, oh, I don't remember. An- Angelina or something? And then Angelina... Angelina, Angelina, Angelina Jolie <laughs> Naomi. No. no, no, no. It was something like Angelina We. Pulled up an English dictionary for a word. Pulled up an English dictionary. Well, that's what it's like. Sometimes it is. I mean, we just... When we fucking reviewed Freezing and the main character, the female one, was called Statilizer, I was like, someone clearly just looked up State and then put Liza on there. What? Do you think people pulled out a board of... Picture, you know, I think of they um, do of these. Uh, of these what animes. is it? Not Pictionary. Um, what is it? You the clearly... word, the word game, the word yeah. game, and just kind of yeah. put things together yeah. and went. Okay, this is what we're calling dude, it, <laughs> dude. You've got to see uh, Gundam. There are names like that all over the place. I'm pretty sure there's like one that's called like Penny Silver. You know, there's names like that bad. And 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 Penny Gundam. Silver is the most Victorian <laughs> butler British name I have. Ever well, heard. there's names like that in Gundam where it's literally just someone picked an English word, paired it up with another. And that's what this name felt like, where it was like Angelina, Japanese name Kudo, and then something else. <laughs> and of course, you had to be half Japanese because you can't have a full do you think, foreign person. Do you think the American. studios that um, make up, you know, the studios that have people that make up these names have a shelf of... You know, dictionaries from different countries. I think they just pull up either Google Translate and, or like a, a dictionary and they're just like, okay, Tanaka, even they can you, can't be Tanaka, that lazy. can you find a word? Well, I've got free and uh, can you pick up, pull up another word? Uh, let me see. <laughs> I've got Smith. All right, his name's Free Smith. Oh, that is <laughs> no. That happens all the time. I'm, I, hey, good example. Even though I think mm. it's supposed to technically be a German name. Uh, what the fuck is up with Train Hartnett from mm. bloody uh, Black Cat? That's like a bloody weird name. <laughs> that feels like a dictionary name. Like someone went in the dictionary and they're like, Train, we have those in Japan. Hartnett. Okay, that's an actual name. Oh, you know, geez. at least they tried one of the characters where they're like, yeah, Sven Voldfeed. That's, that's, that's a name, you know. But, do you know what? Do you know what? I was watching a... Um, yeah, this is a generic magic yeah. show. I was watching because, yeah, while we're on the names of it, I have been watching some... I've been watching a compilation video of a gaming stream and someone made a joke. Someone made a joke. I think it might have been a joke. I'm not sure if it's true, but apparently in Japan, it's completely legal to name your child buttocks and prostitute now well they might not know that yeah yeah I so know. i think so i think well, you're yeah. allowed to name your kid almost anything in a lot of countries. and i find that hilarious for not just because of the funny aspect of that but also because western you know the way it will be translated to you know english or to any other language mm. to fit the meaning would mean that 
you know, there wasn't there wasn't. Oh, so this on is the, Jap- the Japanese word for but buttocks and yeah, yeah, prostitute. the Japanese oh, okay. word for buttocks and prostitute. so so it's not like they have their their English name is exactly and because there's multiple and because any kanji and any combination of hiragana in Japanese could have any have any number of meanings, you know, potentially, mm-hmm. then. It is possible to accidentally name your child buttocks or prostitute, and it's legal because it doesn't have to be that meaning as long as you tell people this. Mm. In the same way that apparently um, Naruto means a piece of fish oh, cake yeah. on top of a of a ramen. Well, hey, ramen that, that's one. that's from Dragon or, or meaning Maelstrom as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's from that's from um, Dragon Ball. Dragon mm. Ball because because yeah, yeah, yeah. Akira Toriyama did that, and some of his names didn't. Get translated over like correctly, like um, oh yeah. I think in the dub of Dragon Ball, they call um her character's name is actually Lunch, but they call her Launch in the dub, which is kind of better because at least Launch is kind of almost a name, but you know. God, that is weird. But but that happens all the time. Um, hmm. we're gonna um so we're gonna take a, a little break and um. We'll be we'll be back with the review, and uh, we're, we're doing a regular review this week where mm-hmm. we're going to review a manga and an anime, and we'll yeah. be right back after the break. See ya. Oh, pitiful shadow lost in the darkness, bringing torment and pain to others. Oh, damned soul wallowing in your sin. Perhaps it is time to die. All right, we are back from the break. Hello, hello. And uh, we're just going to make a small correction um, because we were looking up some stuff. Um, I showed Eric the dumb name of um, Lock on Stratos from Gundam Double Zero. Yes, that's a real name Mm -hmm. from Gundam. Uh, But the actual show that I watched that was um, from the full 2020 anime, the new show that I was telling Eric that's kind of a generic magic school, is called... uh, Mahoka Koko no Retose. Yes, I know. I'm butchering for it. It's a long title and I'm tired. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Yes, please. Yeah, so I've actually watched so, yeah, some Eric's of this. actually watched this. I've watched some of this before, but only maybe the first four or five episodes because the world building, the sort of world building it had in it in terms of how it... um how it introduced magic and its uses and concepts was a little bit boring to me mm. because I felt that it took way too long. Like every single aspect of it was just, it was like someone trying to explain to you how a jet engine worked <laughs> from the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. So basically it's like, so here's the component. Cause do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like that documentary I watched on how the jet engines of a blackbird, you know, worked, mm-hmm. okay? 
because they described every single component of it. All right, so here's the front part. You know, all the air filters right through and also goes over it. However, the middle part has all these other components, <laughs> which, you know, uh, function function is getting the air right through, but also captured in there. That's how it bloody, that's how it bloody explains how magic works. Mm. And I was just like, I do not need this. I can just look at your freaking, you know, Wikipedia page on this just, no, it was just the world building was it was a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really enjoy how they took so much time, mm-hmm. and then so not only the fact that it took so much time to explain how their magic, how the you know concept and process of magic work, but it's also the fact that um, it took too long for them to actually use the magic as mm-hmm. long as it took mm-hmm. them to explain mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with the anime that we're reviewing this week and. I picked this show because uh, I listen to a lot of different anime podcasts and this show has been shit on a lot by a lot of other... <laughs> this this has by a lot of um, shows. And I, I, I will get into why when we get into the cons because there are some actual problems with the show. But I thought the... Um, <laughs> funnily enough, we just talked about like us arguing over concept versus characters. This is one of the few shows where I actually like the world building and the concept more than the actual characters a little bit. Um, because I think like all the history and all that is, is quite interesting. And especially when you like go into the research behind, you know, what the historical sort of stuff, um, mm. like the mythology of uh, what this is based on the show, it, it's quite interesting. So we're talking about Hell Girl, which uh, is usually... I'm actually just going to get into this now because um, I think it needs to be addressed and it's something that a lot of people don't like the show for. So Hell Girl is usually not very well liked for two main reasons. Uh, One, I believe it might have been done by Gonzo, which usually Mm. doesn't have a high grade of like animation and their shows don't usually look too great. And this... This show doesn't. Um, look this this is awful, also, but but it does kind of have like weird bug eyes, yeah. and the characters aren't exactly pretty, and the animation is. I remember amazing. our conversation based on the Gantz um, anime. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's that's a bad that's a bad one for them. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. So that that doesn't help. Um. And then this show is not doesn't really scare a lot of people, and in my opinion, I don't really care if the show scares me or not i find the concept more of what they're doing is more interesting um i'm really into horror movies or supernatural movies where uh well i i like i like things like magical shop concepts like what we've talked about where it's always kind of a monkey's poor thing i like i like horror where it's less about trying to scare me and more about um the interesting sort of uh, way they can scare the characters and mm. use their characters' guilt and fears to, to scare them. Um, my favorite like concepts like this are uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where those movies were basically, a lot of the time, about taking someone's own fear and using that against them in their dreams or twisting their dream into something else. So... Um, and one of those movies is a character that is wheelchair bound most of the time uh, in the real world. But then when he's, you know, in his dreams, he's obviously, you know, able to walk. And, mm. you know, he's, he's a... And, he's, and a cool, he's a wizard. Yeah, he's a cool wizard. Mm. Uh, we watched this. I forgot. Mm. This is Nightmare on Elm Street 3. 
Um, but spoilers in that movie, he yeah, he gets forced into a wheelchair again, basically, and it's like a spiked wheelchair or something. Wait, I thought um I thought Freddy killed him. Yes, he does, but oh, okay. in a wheelchair, basically, if I remember correctly. It's something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's tailored to that. Same way mm. that um, there's a guy that really likes puppets. So Freddy basically turns a guy into a puppet by mm. pulling up his veins and shit. Ugh. Yeah, it's gross, but it's also, like, it's kind of interesting, like, in a really dark way. But I kind of like that. I like um, Stephen King's It because it's the same sort of thing as well. It's basically... Wait, the old It or new either It? Either one have the same sort of... Well, mm. no, no. More so the new one has this concept of um, I'm going to take your fears and your guilt and turn that into something like an, that's going to scare you, mm. that's going to you know chase you down and remind you of it. So one character is a neat freak. So I'm going to have a gypsy that's like all disgusting and gross chase after him. Um, one character, you know, had someone die in a fire. So I'm going to have things constantly, like, I'm going to constantly remind you of that, basically, like, when you're looking around. Uh, so, so shit like that. Or, you know, I had a sibling die, so I'm going to be that sibling who died <laughs> and remind you of that guilt. Eesh. So, yeah, shit like that. So you're, you're feeling more sorry for the characters and you're connecting with them rather than just being scared of what they're, you know, it's not the thing that's like scaring you, you know, mm. it's more just the concept that is kind of scary. And that's with this show. There's, there's parts where it's like, I'm more just sort of interested in, and in how, um, I going to use, you know, this person's guilt or this person's fear against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's, you know, pretty run of the mill. There's yeah. good episodes. There's bad episodes. There's a lot of flaws but, with the way I uses her system to yeah. meet out, meet out people. But, the guilty but the concept people. is interesting. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of, they take a lot from Shinto, Shinto sort of Buddhists, mm-hmm. um, religion and mythology and I, i'm gonna get into that a bit um i'm gonna admit and i've told eric this off off mic as well uh it can be <laughs> trying to find um research to be exact on this can be difficult because shinto and buddhists stuff um it's not always like similar but um since most of the stuff isn't always in english mm. it's hard to find stuff that's exact and i some of this i did read up on wikipedia some of this was like a lot of books I've read, um, some YouTube, some other stuff. So I've done as much research as I can. If I get anything wrong, please let me know. I may get one or two things wrong here. Um, I'm not a massive expert on this, but I've, I've tried to do you know some reading over the years. I do find this really interesting, but um, there are sometimes stuff where it's like, you know, this is very similar to this or this thing here that, you know, you know about is actually taken from this part of religion. Um, for instance, the word yama is actually the yama that we sort of know the Japanese sort of devil, sort of like a, um, I don't know. I, I always like to think of them as like, they're the, the secretary of hell. Like they, <laughs> you go down to hell and they, they tell you where you need to go. <laughs> um, they, they, there's another word for that. And like Hinduism, there's like a, type of person like that in, in Hindu and uh, Hinduism so it's gets confusing with with things like that um, 
Oh, so I'm going to apologize. It's just my mic is just being hit. So hopefully this doesn't change too much. My legs And are... it's not my fault this time. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. My legs, are, I've been sort of sitting in a crouch position mm-hmm. and my legs are getting a bit Yeah, sore. I was expecting, expecting you to move them because I know you can't sit in the lotus position for more than, a, <laughs> you know. Yeah. More than what, half an hour now? Yeah. Well, Eric should know. He probably has to do it all the time with meditation and things like that. So. <laughs> Um, being a being a martial artist, you'd know this. Wow. So yeah, so I'm going to try and get into some of the um, mythology behind this because mm. the show. I think I'll just get into some of the little basic things about the characters. So, I, if I remember correctly, means love in Japanese, and Enma is kind of a word that can be for devil. Mm. Now it's kind of confusing because there's multiple different sources that I read like that would say different things about what a devil is and this is a different version of a devil then you've got like oni and you've got you know so you've got all these different things revolving around hell and they all change or are different depending on if you're reading in shinto or um buddhist but basically um her name is i enma and enma is kind of like a devil type thing so it kind of means like love satan or something like that almost the name uh, but she has several helpers with her, and um, I guess I should actually explain the main premise as well of the show. So basically, there is a website called the Hell Correspondence, and you can access it at midnight, and you can get revenge on anybody you want. Uh, but in exchange, you know, you, you basically you can send them to hell. Mm. But in exchange, you go to hell when you die as well. That's yeah. the main premise for the show. And I Enma is kind of, um, she is, so I'll just, sorry. Just One of the things I do remember about the requirements to ascend to, you know, um, put were someone's name down. I don't remember One requirements. of the requirements, and this is something I realized in episode 13, rewatching it, mm-hmm. is that you have to have genuine grievance for someone. Uh, yes. You can't yeah. have grievance for someone yeah. just because. They'll, they'll say your grievance has yeah. been avenged. So, yeah, the it's, a, it's a difference between, it's a difference between, you know, knowing somebody's name if they accidentally bump into you and spill your drink versus if that person, say, as in episode 13, forcing the, themselves yeah. onto your wife. So, mm. so yeah, the, mm. you say that, but there are episodes literally where, like, mm. I remember there's one episode yeah. where someone's car bumps up against another car and it was there, like, it was an expensive car, so they were mm. kind of pissed. But then, and then they could send them to hell, and I was like, that's kind of stupid. But I guess that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, Maybe, maybe in somebody's heart of hearts, there is there is something they do understand what's an actual grievance and what isn't. Yeah. So maybe it's the person who's mm. writing the name, their perception of what their mm. grievance is versus mm. what I might do. Maybe so, I doesn't have that sort of control. Yeah. So I, in herself, is she's kind of uh, the best way to describe her is she's not like you wouldn't necessarily categorize her as being Satan or the devil necessarily. But she is some kind of... She is kind of like that, but she's kind of like a puppet sort of in yeah. the way for that. She's... The best way I would describe her is there are some like allegories sort of to something like this in Japanese and Shinto. I couldn't... I was having a bit of trouble finding that. Um, like Izanagi was kind of... There, there's, you know, things like mm-hmm, that. But, yeah. but the closest thing I could think of to compare it to is actually not from Japanese mythology. 
I would compare her more to like a Grim Reaper in a, in a bit of a way, but the the best thing, and it's very clear, um, and this is also in Japanese like Shinto stuff as well and Buddhist, but I would compare her to like a ferryman, like, um, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Chauron or Chauron from um, Dante's Inferno, the guy mm. who would basically take you across the river Styx. So the Greek, so you'd take him more from the Greek yeah, mythology. Yeah, from the Greek of... mythology, who would basically mm. um, guide you from, you know, basically what would be purgatory, I would assume, yeah. into into hell, basically. Mm-hmm. And you would, you know, you'd pay the ferryman, and he would take you across. Um, and that's kind of similar here when you think about it. You you have a payment, yeah. and then instead of you, it's the person you want revenge on mm. takes them basically across the river Styx. But it's the sort of Japanese version of this where they have these, um, what they're, I think they're called Tory gates. And in some, in some versions, these Tory gates sometimes can be uh, seen as gateways for heaven or for hell. Mm. Um, there's one in particular that's sort of seen as like a gateway for hell. There's, you know, different stories about that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's one way you could look at it. Um, you know, basically, you get sent in a boat down, you know, the ferryman takes you. In this case, it's I, and she's taking you to um, what would be called, I believe, Yomi. That's their word for, for hell in Japan. Mm. And they basically take you down to the underworld. And the underworld was um, kind of, I don't necessarily know if I should say ruled or, or governed by, because... Uh, it's a little confusing in some ways because when you read about it, it's like, well, was there a hell or was there not a hell when you read about this? So if anybody knows anything about Japanese mythology, they'll know about Izanami and Izanagi. Basically, the two people that created Japan. Japan was just water at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Izanagi put his spear into the water and he created land. And then he had several kids with Izanami. But then through childbirth, when uh, Izanami was giving birth to Amaterasu, she uh, basically got very badly burnt and died. And she kind of went to the underworld at that point. Now, what's confusing here that I found a bit hard to follow, and maybe someone can can tell me this, um, there isn't necessarily someone who's a governor or something at that point. But basically, uh, this story then starts to follow another I, I don't know. Does, would this be Greek? The um, is is uh, is Orpheus Greek or Roman? You you know this. Orpheus is Greek. Okay, so it follows another sort of Greek mythology thing in that um, Izanagi basically goes down down to the underworld to go get his wife. But like Orpheus, he is told to not look at his wife, mm-hmm. and he is told to you know he can get her back, but he can't look at her. And, of course, he doesn't do that. He lights up a torch and finds out that she's... Um, it's kind of mean and As sad. She looks Finds horrific. out she's hideous and, yeah, yeah. and then runs away, basically, um, yeah. and then leaves her there and she basically becomes or kind of a in another of version, There's another version where she gets angry and chases after him and yeah. he has to put a boulder Because he didn't have the alimony payments. Yeah. Yeah, and he had to put a boulder in front of the the Tory gates yep. and the gateway to the underworld yeah. to make sure she he stopped chasing him. He called her fat, him. and then she chased after him. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, that's the one big no no you uh, you have to avoid. Yeah, so so I is kind of um, similar to mm. to a ferryman, and you could almost say Izanagi or sorry, not Izanami, uh, Izanami maybe. 
Um, but she, I wouldn't call her like the devil. I wouldn't call her Satan. She's not exactly that. She's more like a mix of the Grim Reaper mm-hmm. and um, Charon from from Greek mythology. And uh, basically, yeah, she'll send anyone for there. And then she's got these associates. Uh, associates. She's got um, one Yudo and Ren. Now, one Yudo, um, he is, I, I used to call him old man hipster because he wears a scarf and um, a kimono and he, he kind of d- dresses like a bit of a mixture of old-fashioned and new sort of clothing. Um, so I called him old man hipster. Mm. And he is, um, both of them actually are what you would call in mythology a sukugami. So a sukugami is uh, basically a wheel a spirit. demon. No, mm-hmm. that one Yudo is a wheel demon. That mm-hmm. is correct. But one you, what both of them are, one Yudo and um, Ren, one of her other associates, mm-hmm. they are sukugami. So sukugami, uh, Eric would know what one of these is because that's kind of what they are in Shaman King. They're spirits that can possess objects, and Ren, kind of like um, a Miyamaru in Shaman King is a spirit that possessed a sword at one mm. point. One Yudo is a... Um, you don't find out what he... I believe you find out at one point, I think, what he used to be, but um, basically he's a spirit that possesses a wheel, and these wheels were um, were usually like something that would bring people down to hell, and they were usually used on kind of Satan's... Um, you know, they were used, they were part of hell and, and used as sort of something they would travel between. And that's basically what one Yudo is. Um, and you even see him like turn into a wheel mm. uh, when Ienma's leaving hell and going into the into the real world. And she goes on kind of like a, um, what would you call it? Like a carriage that goes up into the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe there might be something like that in, in either Shinto or Buddhist. Um, but basically, yeah, one Yudo is like this flaming wheel that um, in mythology could travel from from hell and earth. Mm. And then um, he he sort of has the power to shapeshift into basically any person. Um, but a lot of the times, in some episodes, he'll just be himself. Mm. And he, he'll just... People... Um, all, all three of her uh, companions can basically take on and like a name and an identity, and people will they'll just blend in, and mm. people won't really seem to notice. Um, there is one person that becomes attached to one of them in one of the episodes, and that's kind of interesting. But for the most part, they usually you know they sort of just turn up, they do what they have to do to sort of um, help out with mm-hmm. whatever needs to happen. And then they basically just go away. Um, but he can shapeshift to, to almost anything. And then the last one you've got, and I'm going to have to look up the name here. Um, the last one that we've got is uh, Hone Ona, and she is a skeleton demon. She is a yokai, and um, what she basically is, she's kind of like a version of a succubus. She is uh, basically the skeleton woman that was um, someone's mistress or something in a past time. And she basically comes back to haunt that person. Mm. Um, and she'll a be... A literal skeleton in someone's closet yeah, coming back to life. Yeah, she'll be a beautiful life. skeleton that haunts men. Mm. And, she'll, um, and she can contort herself, which comes in handy sometimes. She'll, you know, hide in a box or something if need be for one of um, 
eyes traps or something if they need to. Um, and she'll turn into her like a skeleton. Like there's in the first episode, we see a, um, a skull, which I'm pretty sure is hers. You know, there's, there's stuff like that that'll appear. So that's um, a little bit of the sort of mythology of these characters. And all three of them can turn into basically this um, string doll that's kind of like a voodoo doll that um, can have sort of a, it'll have like a um, thing wrapped around it, like a, what a, red call it? a ribbon. Yeah, be like a ribbon, like a red ribbon or a blue ribbon. Um, and all of them, basically, part of their clothing or something will turn and then they'll turn into this sort of ribbon thing. Um, I should also mention Ren, like, can turn into a little, just an eye and can look through anywhere and look around, basically. And yeah, these these characters basically help I to transport people to hell or um, help I torture these these people before they go to hell to show them their guilt, to show them their sins, and to sort of punish them mm. um, and help and help I out. And that's that's basically like uh, the premise. The, the premise. Of, the premise. It's the gist of, of the premise and and the characters. So. Mm-hmm. Eric, I've asked you if you can um, tell us maybe just what happens in the first episode. Um, yeah. Some of the memoir. We'll discuss yeah. um, the, what we liked, what we didn't like about yeah. the first three episodes. Yeah, from what I can remember, it doesn't take that long for there to be an actual ongoing story for this series. Because in the first in the first several episodes, it's all episodic. You know, Each episode is different, but still contains I and her companions who just go around answering calls for people who have grievances with other people. But each um you know, but each story which leads up to that is different. For example, uh the first story is about a high school student, a junior high school student, who helped collect uh money for to fundraise for something, I don't mm. remember what it was. Mm. Um some kind of sign or something. But she was framed for yeah. embezzlement. This, and this so, is quite um, yeah. common, these these sort of yeah. things in high school. Not not the um, money stealing, but the thing of um, the whole class have to like mm. put money towards some sort of event. And then yeah. one student's sort of asked to look after that. Mm. And usually in a lot of bullying anime, and or this probably, I assume this does happen because it's in bullying anime and manga so much. Where, yeah, basically someone steals the money and, mm. and frames it on that person. Yeah. So in this so in this episode, um, sh- the girl was framed by bullies and then blackmailed along the way. Yeah. So then she figures she finds a website then and puts mm. in the name of the bully, the mm. main bully who has been bullying her. Well, she and she almost does this, but then she tries to kill herself at one point, and but then I comes um, down. Because she, she almost doesn't, I believe, type the name in, and then she does it later on, and then she gets the doll, and that's yeah, yeah, basically yeah. how it goes. But there's no, but in this episode, she doesn't exactly kill herself. Um, she almost does. I, I um, comes down with her and, and sort of gives her the doll. And all uh, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, no, uh, did she? I can't even remember that yeah. part. But yeah, that's basically how that episode uh, finishes. Now, the second episode, that's a bit... You, sorry, how would you rate the first episode as a... It's a it's three. a good it's a good introduction a good pilot episode to introduce us to yeah. the series. Um, obviously, the whole bullied student is a quite generic thing to do. It's but generic, but it's it's relatable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen it being done, and it's yeah. they could have picked a worse way to introduce us to the show. Yeah, like seriously. Yeah. Um, now the second uh, episode that's uh, gets a bit more interesting, and I like this episode. Um, 
this introduces another high school student, another student, but this time, this is a student who has a stalker. Mm -hmm. So she and her family have been terrorized by the stalker because the stalker is interested in her. Yeah. And so the father, who keeps going back and forth with the police, could not find a stalker. Yeah. So it has a bit of a it has a bit of a mystery, bit of a mystery. feel, to, feel yeah. to it to figure out who the stalker is. And of course, you know, after you watch the episode, you kind of do realize, yeah, that that was obviously the stalker all along. Yeah, and but it's so, a nice twist. You don't you is. don't see it coming. And there's there's like um, this is the show sort of introduces this in the first mm -hmm. episode where. And the it does, scary and yeah. the, the dark thing about the show isn't what, what I does to people. Like, that's not going to scare you or, or make you upset. <laughs> it's what these people do. Like, that, you know, mm. it's, it's to show how dark some of these people can be. And, and in this episode especially, we're seeing a real, like, scary threat. And he even yeah. kill. he almost even, um, he kills one person, we see at least. Like, mm. he kills a police officer. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about this episode is exactly to what extent um, I and her companions can interact with, mm. you know, the mortal plane. Mm. Because in the first episode, it wasn't that clear. Mm. And this one, we see in one scene where one of the companions actually, you know, goes to confront the stalker, and the stalker has to run away. Mm. Which means that, in some case, in some cases, well, this is after if, she's pulled the string. As exactly. Well, so, so in some, appear. so in some instances, they don't just let things run their course. Mm. Um, they let things run their course as according to a contract because yep. they've you know put the name into the website. Um, and I think yeah, and that was a good episode. I thought, mm. and it really you know it really introduced a little bit more into how the you know I and her companions work. Mm. And a little bit more of the rules around mm. um, how these contracts are made. Now, the third one, the third one was definitely a bit more, um, how do I put this? It was definitely, there was definitely a lot more drama to this. Mm. Um, but it, it, it really, it didn't really explore much of what um, I and her companions yeah. do, but it explored more towards, you know, um, deeper into, deeper into a person's, um, uh, methods and how their reasons to do this and yeah. it introduced this the character also uh, about yeah. bullying but this yeah. is about like a bully this is about a douchebag who mm -hmm. like will bully yeah. you um then like basically beat your best friend to death and mm -hmm. then like frame yeah. it on you that's the plot of this yeah but it does introduce a bit it does introduce a bit of a moral point because the main character here does genuinely hesitate to pull the string mm. because he mm. believes there is a way f to get the douchebag to yep. reconcile with this because yep. this person, the, this main, this main character in this episode does have, you know, this, um, a conscience. Basically. He has a conscience. His moral compass points to good because he feels that, look, my best friend has died. I know you did it. You're an asshole, but I don't want to do anything else. I want us to reconcile to this. Yep. And he only pulls the string when he realizes, you know, the douchebag has, yeah. <laughs> you know, killed his friend over the stupidest yeah. reasons. And even I thought, yeah, pull the string, yeah. just do it, just do yeah. it. Which was, I think, um, you know, I could let, you know, I don't really mind yeah. not learning too much about I and her companions because and, this is a good moral And this is, um, I hate saying episode. this, but th this is great because if, if you watch this episode, um, Justin Cook in the dub is playing the, the douchebag guy. And he... I feel really bad saying this, but he does such a good douchebag. <laughs> like, mm. it was kind of funny because it's like, Jesus, man, he is great at doing this. This is <laughs> like, he's awesome at this. Mm -hmm. But he shouldn't be. <laughs> he's really good at playing this, like, mm. dick of an asshole. You just, boy, yeah. like, you, you, you just like, when you, when you, 
when they introduce him, you're like, yeah, kill that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to skip over episode four because I don't remember okay, much about so it. Okay, so I'm going to um, get... We, we only watched three episodes, but me oh, and yeah, Eric... True. Me and Eric have actually seen all of the show. Um, I think you... And I've seen the second season. I can't remember and, too many of these yeah. episodes, but I can remember the, the more yeah. memorable so ones. So I've seen, I've, seen I've seen two seasons and I've seen the third season. The third season is shit. The live action is shit and the manga is shit. Just check out the first two seasons. Mm. Um, so the fourth episode um, I like to call is called um, Vic Mignotta Bad Vet. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> don't remember that When I watched this in the dub, all I could remember was uh, Vic Mignotta plays a um, horrible vet, like a vet who basically this girl brings her dog in and he's like, she's the dog is like kind of sick and it basically it's... From what, like, if I was going to watch it now, um, and what I can remember, and what I know sort of about dogs and, and from working at this PCA um, for a little bit, uh, this dog basically comes in with what could be like a heart attack or like something, <laughs> like, it's basically, it's it's too hyper. It, it needs, something sick dog related. It needs, a, well, it needs a sedative or something like that. And um, he needs to treat the dog straight away, but instead he he, he gets a call from someone, like just a buddy of his has. He doesn't care about the dog. He takes the call. The dog dies. And, like, she she's very upset about this. And the doctor doesn't really seem to care that much. And then she finds out, like, that that basically happened. And she's like, well, he, he can't he can't live now. So she... Um, and, and then the, this doctor ended up threatening, like, another friend of hers who's working at the place. So they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he's got to go. So, of course, he um, goes to hell. Probably the most interesting thing about this is since he murdered like and let a lot of animals die, um, his basically his fate is like almost getting operated on at one point like very badly. Like they're basically gonna kind of uh, make an incision in his head. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny, but at the same time like oh. But yeah, then the, there's the one. But I, then he also like when he's on the boat, which happens at the end of all of these, the guy's going to hell. Has to or girl goes on the boat. Um, he is basically sitting on this boat and he gets dragged down by the puppies and kittens and lots of dogs. <laughs> this is something I never understood. Yeah. I think the reason I don't remember this episode is because I thought it was stupid that she immediately went to Hell Girl to drag him into hell and not tell this to, say, the business and have this yeah. guy locked up because it is against the law it is against the um abian's business practice oh, yeah <laughs> to actually murder animals without just cause well, which means that the problem is no the problem is there is he's not technically murdering animals he's not technically like he's not gassing them no but he's not treating them properly which is you know could be yeah. potentially malpractice for yeah. animals which is quite well, serious the biggest thing is you could just say hey can you um you could because she gets friends with one of the mm -hmm. nurse one of the other people working there and i when i watched it i thought hey instead of blabbing like um like you guys are all blabbing while the you know while the doctor was there why don't you like go behind his back like you have been talking about this story why don't one of you like steal the tape which i think they maybe did mm -hmm. but they maybe should have tried again steal the tape then take that to the police and then be like, hey, we've got video evidence of this guy, like, ignoring my dog and letting it die. And uh, we have a couple other tapes of the mm -hmm. same shit. Because there is clearly a camera in there. Like, there would be a camera in there. A lot of places mm. have cameras in them now. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so, <laughs> so I'm surprised they, because uh, even, I think you'd have a camera even just if you wanted, like, if you performed some sort of operation and you wanted to have it filmed so you could show a student or something in the future, you know. So a lot of these places, I think, would have cameras. Mm. Um, and for security reasons, obviously. So, yeah, I, yeah. And then you, you watched another episode, um, because I thought Eric hadn't watched all three, so he, he watched an episode. I only remember, I think... Um, you watched an episode in the dub, because you watched these Yes, I have watched episode five in dubbed. Yep. Um, the Woman in a High Tower, which I thought was a good one, and tied in really well with episode three, because it had the um, whole moral dilemma thing. Yeah. Um, because in this episode, there was a CEO of a computer company who was using a young schoolgirl to, who was a genius, the young schoolgirl being a genius in computers, and using her to maintain and you know expand her com- um company. Yeah. Then of course it goes. It has its um you know it has its whole uh, mystery feel to it. I just uh, yeah. I just want to mention this is like an anthology sort of series. Like there's yeah. no continuous story. Until like um, yeah. maybe it's like episode, it's like maybe episode eight or something where we get yeah, yeah, this yeah. T- private investigate um, mm-hmm. no reporter uh, Hajime mm-hmm. he's investigating I that that's when we sort of get a continuous story but most of these episodes are like an anthology mm-hmm. just different you know people sending people to hell but yeah as Eric was was saying about this episode mm-hmm. yeah it was um. Yeah, it pretty much. Yeah, it pretty much all. Yeah, it was still. Um. Oh, I was almost forgetting what I was going to say. I kind of <laughs> forgot what I was going to so say. So it was basically about this woman. Um, when I watched it the first time, I couldn't remember it. So I thought the old lady sent the younger girl to hell, but it's the other way around. So this younger no. girl's basically being taken advantage of. She's mm. being um, sort of bribed, yeah. and you find out later on that she wasn't she, really threatened yeah. by that, but but she was trying to. She was trying to she was trying to dig up dirt on the CEO who may have caused the death of her own father, yeah. and it turns out to be true. And the CEO hired someone to um, kill the girl, yeah. but then the girl got um got the CEO's name into 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 um uh, the Hell Girl website, and so the CEO CEO um was uh, you know taken to yeah. hell. I've I've got to save this episode as well, and it happens in a couple other ones too. It actually feels like even before she sends this um, person to hell, like it feels like the assistants are really angry at this lady for taking advantage of the the hell court, like you know, respondent mm. system and for everything she's doing. So they they kind of one they investigate it and they kind of infiltrate this um, office. But then there's also a couple of times that are like they clearly try and push things further. Or they clearly like come in and help, and this only happens maybe a couple times in the series. Another time this happens is like there's a um, mm. f- there's a hell boy or something. There's a person trying to be like a version of hell girl, and um, they really don't like this person, mm. <laughs> and they sort of investigate and and try and you know, and someone eventually does send this person to hell, and they're very you can tell they're kind of mm. happy about it. Uh, but yeah, so we watched that and then we, we, we've seen all this as I said before. So we were just watching first three again and I remember really liking episode 13. So we watched episode 13. That's probably like my favorite episode of the whole series. And and what did you think of episode 13 here? Episode 13. Oh, I thought that was a fantastic episode because it did, um, 
it was almost it was almost well it was almost like watching um the ring you know yeah, it's I, like I definitely being, said the second half is yeah. more like the ring a little bit. Someone because, investigating. Yeah, someone investigating stuff. and just kind of understanding what the story is behind it, especially with the, you know, the young girl aspect. Um, whereas, you know, but of course, where we find out in the ring, it's a young girl who was pushed into a well. Yeah. Um, this is still adding quite a lot of mystery to who I is, but understanding more of how far back her existence, you know, yeah, is. It's like I found it really interesting because yeah, I thought like this could go like back to like her her hell correspondence could be like even further than just telegram and facts. It could go um, like back to the. Well, let me have a look. The um old guy they visit, um, a guy named Fukumoto, so, who reckons hell girl could have been. Uh, you know the existence yeah. of Hellgirl could have been as old the as of, of this episode. Yeah. So so Hajime, I think his name's Shibai. Yeah, Shibata. Is a is a private like he's a reporter basically, and he's trying to do this story. And um, through a number of episodes, he's been introduced to to I Enma Hellgirl, um, because his daughter's kind of telepathic basically. Mm. And this is one of the episodes where um, someone doesn't. Well, someone does go to hell, but we we don't see the. There's no um, ribbon being pulled. There's no uh, plot about someone needing to get revenge. It's mostly just about um, investigation, and it's all about Hajime going through these different leads. He goes to like an adult bookstore mm. um, and finds this image of I Edmund, one of the books. And then he goes and investigates that, finds the publisher, and then that leads him to find this uh, this artist that Eric's um, talking mm-hmm. about right now. Yeah. And basically, um, he finds the artist, Fukumoto, and learns the learns how Fukumoto himself uh, was associated with Hellgirl and how he used Hellgirl to um, meet out his vengeance and grievance on someone. And we learn from Fukumoto that... Um, Hellgirl could be as old as the Edo period or the Warring States period. So Hellgirl, we already we can already see that um, Hellgirl's history is old, very old, and basically, yeah. At the end of it, uh, we just see Fukumoto seeing Hellgirl one last time, mm-hmm. and it, it shows yeah. basically what happens to those who. Um, so mm. in the past, he used the old version of the Hell correspondence before the internet yeah. existed. He used <laughs> the one in the paper, yeah, and basically sent a letter, and this um, went to to Ienma, and then she got revenge for this person. Um, I think Eric briefly touched on it. Basically, he uh, caught. He caught one of his friends. Um, I would even say having an affair. It seemed like maybe he had raped her or did something mm-hmm. like that. And then basically she killed herself. And he basically uh, gets revenge and basically shows what actually happens to people who live their entire life and you know then have to go to hell because they got revenge on someone. But and I do he, like. But I do it's, like. It's very sweet, actually. It's it not is. like it's a, a. It's a peaceful torture. end. It's a peaceful end to him. You know, he doesn't get tortured. He doesn't get, um, you know, uh, forced to see you know what mistakes, what sort yeah. of mistakes he made. He and just she even gets, tries to comfort him at the yeah. end too, and kind of tell him, "No, you won't be able to see the guy you put into hell. Yeah. Hell's too big for this. You probably won't find him." And it's like. Yeah. 
which is kind of which is kind of a bit of a silly thing to say, but okay. Because yeah. even though she says hell's a vast place, it's well, like the guy's gonna be there for an eternity. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll eventually find the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's, he's two doors down. You know, Greg. You, you got to go to Greg's first, and then you'll see him. Yeah. Um. Just go down. Pass through. Yeah. Pass through the animal torture pit. See, I, I'm um, kind of glad right I watched. Through. I'm kind of glad I watched the Good Place because yeah. the Good Place has a lot of humor like this. Yeah. Where they go to hell, and it's like, oh yeah. Um. So we, you know, you come to hell. We watch The Bachelor all the time. Oh God. You know. We <laughs> Wait, put fish in ba- the microwave. You know, I do, I shouldn't even ask which Bachelor. Which ba- it's all, all terrible. Of them are bad. They're yeah. all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the worst thing yeah. people will tell you is, uh, "Welcome to hell." You're going to be listening to Justin Bieber's "Baby" on yeah. repeat over and over again. And no, there is nothing here to stab out your ears or eyes we, with. No, 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 Eric, Eric. We do have some other uh, tracks. We have the full Nickelback Greatest Hits CD. Right well, um, see, the thing is I do kind of like Nickelback. <laughs> just some songs, All just right. some songs, okay? Although although the other thing gonna, is... You tell me like Evanescence as well. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Look, <laughs> Eric is a two thousand year old like uh, oh shit, one of those two thousands yeah. kids that's you know going oh, to tell me until that emo rock and screamo. All right, oh, so let's it. let's get back. So we we both liked episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. Episode thirteen is actually my favorite out of all of them mm. because it does something different. Sorry, my voice is going to put air. Um, it's kind of sweet, and I I I just think it's a, an interesting. Um, one because it's it's so different from all the other episodes and it's it's well acted it's well done um and yeah just really captures something really mm. interesting and the mythology of just the idea that this correspondence has been going so long that it's been going in the paper that you know it might at one point um being done through fax or paging or you know or back in Edo period maybe it might have been done or the Meiji area might have might have been done through Carrier pigeon or something like that um, is just fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, w- what was your favorite episode though, out of all all of the ones we've watched? Didn't have much time to go over all, all of them, and I've only watched the first three, really. Yeah, well, but I'd have to, well, insult the first three. But I have to say, third episode is definitely my favorite because. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduces less about what the um, the world building is and I and her companions, and more about the moral dilemma when it comes to the option of oh, okay. sending someone directly to yeah. hell. Because it is, you know, when you have a gun in your hand, yeah. you are there are very few, um, you know, uh, scenes where you are when you are told, "Yep, you can straight up just I, shoot the guy I, who's trying yeah. to kill your wife." Um, but you know, there's no, there's no like, there's no explanation of what the moral dilemma is. It's like you kill the guy, but you know what comes out I of this. I did what find kind of it interesting the way they tortured him as well for making him play like a, a baseball game where he basically loses, and he's <clears> been he's losing to the yeah. people who he's trying to torture, and then at the end of it, he he gets taken like he gets basically brought down to hell mm. um, by the person he's killed. And I thought, wow, that's that's really. You know, yeah. Even- eventually, we do get to that torture, but the moral dilemma yeah. part of it with the main character of that episode, oh, yeah. I thought yeah. was brilliant. So yeah, as I said before, I like thirteen. I guess mm. out of the three, I kind of liked two a lot actually because um, I watched two a lot. Like I just think it's 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 quite an interesting sort of thriller, 
And it is genuinely kind of like creepy at, at some moments. And I'm not talking about the hell stuff. I just mean like the actual um, stalker guy in this. Mm, like, yeah. It's a real threat. Mm-hmm. And it's something you can see being there. It's not like some of the other ones in the episodes are kind of just like a little too over the top or you're mm-hmm. like, that's that's just not even real. That, that's just too mean. Like that's no human is that much of an asshole. But episode two, you're like, yeah, I could totally believe that this older guy would be, you know, chasing after this girl and like almost, you know, would kill people like if they get in the way. Like you can see that. Mm. So, yeah. um, So what what were some things you liked, some things you didn't like? About Hellgirl in general? Um, The animation was a bit funny, you know? It was quite fuzzy. It was too soft. We talked about this a little at the start. Yeah, it was quite fuzzy, quite soft. That's one thing I didn't really like about it. I think um, there was some actually, there was some sorry, parts of it. I, yeah. I just want to make one um, yep. change. So this was actually done by Studio Dean, which is even worse than Gonzo a little bit. Um, they have done some good shows, but they're known for not having great animation mm-hmm. either. But yeah, as you were saying, Eric, sorry. And also, what is it? Yeah, so it was that plus the... Uh, what is this? Some acting here and there that gets a bit hammy. Or, in the sub and the dub or just the... I'd say both, really. Yeah, I you know, agree some part that. of it. Some well, it's parts very of it, melodramatic in a couple of places. It's very melodramatic in a couple of places. I think the most melodramatic part is the Affair episode. Mm. I think that was way over the top and a little bit. It was like a soap opera. It was like a soap opera episode. (laughs) Yeah, I would say this show, I would agree with Eric on most of the points. Um, The one thing that, yeah, could also be something that's maybe put people off of the show is it's very repetitive a couple times. Mm. I think it even repeats like some plot lines, but with different characters. Um, And if you get to season three, they literally repeat the same sort of premise but um, it get, just gets kind of stupider mm. um, to the point like there's an episode where uh, someone gets revenge because their phone got taken away from them in class. I'm not kidding. That's an actual episode. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Um, because the interesting thing with the show is what it like chooses to do with the health correspondents later on in the show. Um, this first season, they sort of just get into the origins of I. They don't really do too much of that. But season two... There's a whole plot line revolving around um, people abusing the hell correspondence and using oh, it too yeah, there's, much um, <laughs> and getting rid of lots and lots of people um, and sometimes not even for good real reasons, like morally good reasons. And, yeah, people just abusing the system too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's stuff like that that's really interesting in, in the second season. But third season is, is garbage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, third season's shit and the animation is... Yeah, you told me third season was shit. Yeah animation's kind of iffy and yeah it can be a bit repetitive it can be a bit (laughs) silly at times um (laughs) but let's get into some of the one thing one thing one thing i want to ask um connor before we continue is can you tell me the name of another anime studio dean did around the same time as hell girl that we both know and Uh, also had some pretty questionable animation Okay. Um, this is gonna be fun. Is it Tokyo Margin? Mm, nope. The one we both know. This one, I don't know that one. Um, I wouldn't say King of Bandits Jing because that is by them, but it's better animation. 
Oh, King of Bangers Jing was in 2002. I'm talking about the same time as Hellgirl, 2006. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Roroni Kenshin, Trust and Betrayal is them as well, but that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, it's not in 2006. It's not... The Reflections is them too, but you're probably not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did do the Blaze Blue cutscene or one of those sort of things. Not in 2006. Like that. Not in 2006. Okay. Remember, just 2006. Okay, I'm stumped. What, what what's the what's the show? Fate Stay Night. Ah, yes, yeah. That was an awful animation compared to that. They did do Fate Zero, I think, as well. So they actually no, no. Fate improve. Fate Zero was um Studio Ufotable. Oh. Ufotable. Oh. How can you not know that Ufotable does some fantastic animations? Okay. Because their budget apparently, from All one right. comment, can buy Belgium, which I think is great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, go ahead, go so, ahead with your one. I thought so, it'd be an interesting thing to point out. Yeah. What Studio Dean did. Yeah. So Dean is not known for great animation, and this is no exception. Um, like you're not going to see any crazy good animation in this. You're not going to see anything. All of it kind of looks kind of samey. Nobody looks really pretty in the show either. Mm. Uh, but there are some good things of the show. I like the music. I think the music is pretty good. They do reuse a lot of music. You'll definitely notice that. Um, but there's a lot of anime that's guilty for that. And I think the music being reused in this show actually works, unlike a couple other shows I've seen where it's like, uh, you using this theme again doesn't actually work. But here it works most of the time because since the storylines are kind of repetitive and the music being repetitive, it works for what it needs to do. Um, there is one song in there that is really cheesy and um, it reminds me of like something you'd play in the old yeller or something. It's, it's that cheesy. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like... So Eric, you said you like the opening since we're talking about the music. Yeah, I absolutely love the opening. I know the English parts of it was a bit eh. But then the um, but I did like the mu- I really like the music it's of the opening. It's a catchy theme song. It's a get, very catchy one. I get that. And, da, 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 and I think da, it I get was, the um, theme stuck in my head a lot. I mean, I think for its time, it was a pretty beautiful um yeah. opening. You know, it, anim- it, animation wise, they seem to have put a little bit more effort into it, it than they did. It took me a while to grow on it at first because mm. I thought it was a little too upbeat at first when I heard it. Mm. But then after listening to it again, it's kind of like it's and, until it gets the chorus, it is kind of like sad. And then it builds up in the chorus, which is kind of accurate to the show because there are episodes where it's like really sad and then they get the revenge and they get kind of a happy ending. Mm. Sometimes they don't, which is an interesting thing as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the ending is perfect, like the song. I, d- I wouldn't say about the animation. Um, the animation's okay. I remember it being more fan servicey, but it's not that fan servicey. But I do really like the song. It's, mm. it's a good song. It captures exactly, I think, the tone of the show. Like, it perfectly. does. It does. And it's a song I've listened to outside of um, the show. And I did sing it in karaoke because it's a pretty easy song to sing. You can sing it in karaoke? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. It was an easy song to sing. Um, and my cousin heard it and she's like, I don't know what this anime is, but the lyrics kind of like, they're good lyrics and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a sad song, but it's cool. The sad part is I can't use this in our drinking game so you pick up on it immediately. <laughs> no, yeah, you definitely cannot. I know this song a lot. Um, and it's sung by the voice actor of I Enma. It's sung by Mamiko Noto, who is, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so she's a singer as well as a voice actor and she plays hmm. I Enma in this 
She does kind of use the same voice for a lot of her roles, but she also plays a lot of the same type of characters. Mm. Um, so she was in Freezing as well. That's she true. was the main character in Freezing, the blonde chick. Is that Eliza? Yeah. Mm. So she was that in Freezing. Um, and she, the one that she usually uses a kind of low whispery kind of voice for most of her roles. Um, but one role that people might be surprised she did is, um, and it's not a great show, but it's kind of good to see like her do something different. Mm. Um, she was the main lead at Witchblade. The, the, and, and that's definitely a very different voice for her. If you watch that show. Ah, uh, yeah. Cause it's more of like a lower, she has to like play a very different type of character. Because usually she either plays a character that's kind of nervous or shy, or she plays a character that's like like this one that's kind of like almost dead and emotionless. Mm. And I thought I thought she did a very good job of um, conveying that. I thought most of the um, in in both the dub and the sub, I thought the main leads, you know, um, I Enma, Ren, um, uh, Wan Yudo, and um, Hone Ona, I thought all, all of them were well done on both the dub and the sub, especially um, Arborice Elliott in the dub and Brina Palencia, who plays I Emma. Mm. I think both of them did a great job. Um, you, you, you definitely get used to hearing them a lot because they, they, you know, Arborice Elliott narrates most of the, you know, the um, next episode previews. But then you also hear them when they say things like, your grievance shall be avenged mm-hmm. or... Um, there's a very famous line that you always hear at the end of the show. I will, before she sends someone to hell, she says something like, oh, pitiful shadow wallowing in your, you know. Yeah. She's got that catchphrase yeah. that she uses almost every and time. And it changes depending on, whether you, in the dub, it says something like, um, perhaps it is time to die. In the sub, it is like, shinde uh, miru or something like that, which basically is just like, maybe it's time to give death a chance or something. It's like, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both are kind of like, um, <laughs> you, you get them stuck in your head. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, I had no problem with um, the dub or the sub. I could, I could switch between either. And, and the cool thing about this dub was it was an early Funimation dub and they didn't reuse a lot of people because since the show was so repetitive and they introduced different people, they could have, if they wanted to, reuse actors and just have them do different mm. voices. But what they did instead was they thought, okay, we've got like a different person each show. They basically introduced new people in each time. It was basically an experience to give like a new actor an opportunity. Um, so you've got people from, you know, who were like starting up like Monica Royales in the second episode. Um, Lucy Christian, I think, is in like the first episode. A bunch of people who have became like big names now. A couple people who you won't ever hear of and then some people from ADV who have like gone on to do other things at different studios got to sort of come in do a bit part and then leave mm. so it was kind of good for that yeah that sounds good yeah so mm. I that that's that's my um, main pros what are, what are some of yours what did you what did you think of the dub and, and the sub I did like um I like both the dub and the sub to be honest and both, no, I really, I really had no problems with either of them. You know, yeah. in comparison to other animes yeah, I think, I've I think seen, both are fine. Yeah, both both are absolutely both are absolutely good. Yeah. Um, and that little, 
and I mean it's obvious. I mean, given given the obvious um, translations that are that are given for both, um, I'm not really going to give him a hard time on that. I yeah. mean, even that even that little catchphrase difference for I is it's not, not that like it's not, it doesn't it doesn't it, change the entire scene. and it shouldn't be a bother, yeah. but. Obviously, obviously, where massive mistakes are made is where there's name changes or there's, you know, literal line changes that should. And that doesn't really happen, happen here. The the only no. thing I noticed that's maybe you could say is bad is there's like I think Funimation was still learning to pronounce a couple names mm. right here or there. Yeah, yeah. Or there were times where like they really emphasized the pronunciation. Like, um, what was the guy's the, the artist name that you mentioned before? Fukumoto. Yeah, yeah. See, they almost they were like Fuka 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 something motor da 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 da. <laughs> they said it like Fuka motor da 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 da, and the line delivery was a bit stilted. Mm. That's one thing I noticed. And now they're a little bit better at just doing like, oh, it's Fuka motor set of that. They're able to make it flow a little yeah. bit better in the sentence. Which back then they were real like. There's a couple times where they're really trying to pronounce the name right, and then there's a couple times where like it should be Shibata or Shibata, and it's just Shibata. Or just, um, or just Shibata, <laughs> you know, just Shibata, you know, because they're just rushing through the sentence. Um, yeah. And there's not as much, you know. Not, a, ever, good, not a good thing to there's do. There's ever too much attention paid to, like, trying to pronounce it right yeah. or not enough, and the flow kind of doesn't always work. It's not, yeah, it's not, a good, it's not a good thing to do, especially but when you're trying to get the name Generally, right. the acting's fine, and it is great to, like, hear them use a lot of different people. And you'll get to hear some people like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think they could play that kind of role, but I'm getting to see them like, you know, do something different. Mm. Like as I said, this show, you'll get to see Vic Mignata play a horrible doctor. I'm <laughs> like, this Ouch. is probably his worst character he's played. If Vic Mignata is going to keep listening, is going to so listen he, to this and keep listening to so you he, shitting on him, he's going to say yeah, something. So he 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 played that, and then you've also got like, um, as I said, you've got some like other actors coming in. And, and doing stuff that's different from, from their typecast. Um, there's one, we're watching episode 13, and I believe the actor in that is sadly no longer with us. Um, I wish I could remember his name, but he was one of Funimation's older actors, and he sadly passed a couple of years ago. Um, so it's kind of sad watching that one since that guy mm. dies at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but it was a good. It's a good show to see like some early people who are coming up and that sort of thing. No, definitely. So yeah, that's our um, review for Hell Girl, and so let's get into the manga. Hozuki's mm-hmm. cool headedness. Why don't you explain the premise of this? So I haven't been able to read much of Hozuki's cool headedness, but what I have read about it is the whole the manga series is about a. Um, demon called Hozuki, who is part of a management team in hell trying to sort out different sections of hell. So it goes on to kind of explain what each section of hell does and how it tortures people as well yep. as how each demon and how each ogre and all so these creatures manage this sort of thing. This to me more rang close to Buddhist hell a little mm. bit more than Shinto. They do kind of explain it in the um, manga, in the manga side that I saw. The translator's notes do actually make quite a few okay. notes of it. So there's a lot of Buddhist influence into yeah, how because it reminds me a lot of operates. a lot of Du, which um, mm-hmm. is the Chinese version of hell, which has about eight different hells, and they each specialize in different brands of torture. Mm. So it's kind of like what I was explaining. We have like a Yama, who mm. is like you're 
secretary for hell and they're like, oh, yes, Mr. Smith, I see mm. you were a rapist. You get the um, burning your feet off hell. Mm. Ah, Mr. Uh, Mr. James um, Wicks Booth, um, you, you, you shot the president, so we're going to make you watch nothing but president porn you know, for the you know what you're, You know what this reminds me of? Yeah. The Rowan Atkinson, the devil skit. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. it's actually yeah. reminding yeah. me of right Toby. now. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, that's the one. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, but Jesus. unlike that and skit. And the Jews are right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but unlike, yeah. That, unlike that skit, this is actually a little bit more chaotic. So yeah. we know like, you know, hell would in some aspects mean chaos, but in this case, it's a bad thing. As explained, you know, as explained the history of how uh, Hose- the you know the hell and Hozuki's cool headedness was divided in order to be much more manageable as the world developed and progressed, mm. which I think was a brilliant way to describe hell because it meant that even the underworld, which you know we we would think even this archaic and you know completely old mystified stories mm-hmm. in this in this scenario is developing alongside the world trying to actually keep up with it and we can see the struggle that they have trying to keep up with how the world progresses mm. so it's a bit of a familiar um it 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 strings along a familiar tone you know to us because we can see that um we can see like because uh, hozuki and enma yeah they sit have a sit down and discuss kind of how hell was split up and how it's currently managed and how bad it is, which is um, it's a really good thing to watch because of how, you know, because as I said, it strikes a familiar tone where we, even we would see this working, you know, even as low as, you know, even, even as, as a lowly, as what we would consider ourselves as a lowly grunt, we would even see like looking up how the, how some, most businesses could struggle to, you know, uh, keep up with the progression, how the world mm. progresses, mm. which is which I thought was quite interesting, a quite interesting concept uh, so far. But I'm assuming there's ma- you know other concepts like um, sort of the religious and cultural influences, like Buddhism, into this whole thing is something you paid more attention to than I did. <laughs> I sort of did. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I thought I'd really like this because I saw the the imagery and um, I love this like this sort of stuff of religion and studying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading this, I had a problem because I just thought the humor wasn't that funny, to be honest. Like mm. the jokes just weren't very funny. <laughs> um, the concept is funny, but the jokes just aren't well executed. Mm. And the the art is okay. The story's like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's all right. It it's got a lot of interesting stuff, but yeah. like this 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 is where the concept for me wasn't interesting enough. But there is one part of the story that I was just overlooking again that I did find interesting that I did find kind of funny, and that was when they um because Hozuki is basically meant to be like a version of Satan or something. That's mm. what I read it as. Um, where they've got an Enma, they've got a Yama, they've got sort of the, what I was sort of explaining at the start of this, where they've got like these sort of people that are in charge of the different bits of hell. And to me, he's this guy that's overviewing all of hell. So he's like Satan, basically. Kind of like the Dante's Inferno version, where Dante's Inferno, there's um, 12 
12 different entrances is different ha- oh seven or 12 different ways going down to hell different tortures and stuff mm-hmm. um i'm asking you <laughs> how, how many there was like 12 or something wasn't there there 12, was 10 10 rings sorry I haven't, I haven't read it in a while, mm-hmm. um, but there's many different I ways. I get the Italian version, and then the of final, it. the final one is is where it's like frozen ice, and that's it's, a fr- where it, it's frozen hell, and that's where the devil lives. Yeah, that's where the devil lives because mm-hmm. he he, you know, when hell freezes over. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hell's frozen over, so yeah. what's happening there? Yeah, so he, um, so he's kind of like that's the way I read him. He's the, he's mm. the Japanese sort of version of that. But what I love is they do introduce the Western version of the devil in this, and um, I like that mm-hmm. he is like he goes there and he's like, "Wow, this is worse than my hell." <laughs> like he's disturbed mm-hmm. by it. He, he's disturbed by the way, not the like torture of the humans, but the like the way he treats his employees. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, "Wow, I'm I'm Satan, but even I respect my employees and treat them nicely." So like a nice boss, basically. Yeah, he's a, he's a, Satan is a really nice boss in Western Hell, according to this. Do you think he's nicer than Enma in uh, Dragon Ball series? Pro Enma doesn't seem that mean. To yeah, me. he just seems like he's a he's a bit of a grumpy boss. Yeah, you know, he's a J. Jonah Jameson, but he's fine. Mm. <laughs> he just wants pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> but um, oh dear. this version of the devil is also obsessed with um, RPGs, including Final Fantasy and, and things like that. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking now. There was a one joke in there that sort of made me laugh that I was laughing at. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where the devil's talking about how he, he wouldn't get angry at his employees. And he says, uh, um, I didn't... Um, I didn't even get so angry when my Final Fantasy save data was erased by mistake. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, because Final Fantasy is a bitch. Because he's finish. obsessed. And yeah, and... <laughs> I imagine he's, you know, stuff on bloody X death or whatever and then has to, you know, try oh and get through that. God. Or he's stuck in some dungeon <laughs> mm. and he doesn't have a way to get out because it's Final mm. Fantasy 1 or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I found I found um, I found that kind of funny. Like that 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 whole chapter's funny. But I think, but I think, the rest of yeah. it, I I gotta say, this yeah. was kind of a letdown for me. But disappointing, yeah, especially the first chapter with uh, Momotaro, where even I'm familiar with this story and I've read yeah. it before. I found that just really annoying, though. To be it honest. was a strange, just not that funny, kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like I thought at least the um, responses from the animals over reasons why they decided to follow Momotaro would be funnier, but it's like, the dog says it's because of the dumplings, the monkey says it's because of the dumplings, the, the pheasant yeah. always says some other ambiguous or some unclear reason, and I'm just like, uh, what? Yeah. So, yeah, then... So, yeah, other than when uh, the two Satans meet, um, I would say this is like a not really a recommend for me it wasn't really that great um i yeah i don't know if i'd recommend people read this just um hell we enjoyed hell girl um i do enjoy things about like the afterlife i enjoyed the good place but Mm. yeah i did not this was not a good place show for me you know Mm. this was a bad show for Mm -hmm. me so um yeah so this has been alternating with eric episode 31 and uh, because we always forget to do this, and we're going to try and do this more often. <laughs> yes, we do. You can check out our some of our episodes up on the YouTube. That is uh, Insert Cast Productions. 
I am going to make a separate YouTube page called Altered Eddie Boy with Eric. It's just going to take me two days to do it because there's a lot of content up there. Um, because it's not just this podcast, it's my previous podcast and some music and stuff. But we'll have a separate page for you guys mm -hmm. just so you can listen to the podcast. Check out um, a drinking video we're going to put up there. Uh, we've got a Let's Play up there. Mm -hmm. We're also, we have an Armageddon video up there. We have mm -hmm. most of our content up there. Yeah. I'm going to try and get more episodes up there. Um, tell me if you want more episodes up or if you'd rather just listen to them on Spotify yeah. or whatever. Because all of our stuff is on Spotify. It goes to Spotify usually on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And our Spotify is alternated with Eric. And Eric, why don't you tell them what the Facebook is since you run it? So the Facebook is also alternating with Eric, and it um, it uploads all the episodes from YouTube and from our spot the Spotify um, sources. So you'll be able to see contents from the from both of them um, around the same time that they upload them. Obviously, I do even though I do manage the Facebook page, I manage it really whenever I feel like it. So. <laughs> He needs to do a little bit less. He needs to be uh, more consistent with it. I really do. Because I gave but... it to him because I was managing the Facebook, the yeah. YouTube, and everything. And, it was, and I've and been a little lazy. Twitter, but it was getting a bit too much to manage. Yeah. So Did you say you had Twitter an Instagram inactive, as well? Inactive. Yes. Um, so I mostly post to the Instagram if you want to see mm. what I'm up to and um, when the episodes are going to come out. That's mo like That's always updated when the episode's up mm. most of the time. Um, and that's at insert Connor here and you can go there and you'll see, um, basically what I'm up to, like my music sometimes, uh, my, sometimes my cats on there. <laughs> most of the time it's our episodes up there, but yeah, you can also go to the Facebook, the YouTube, and we do technically have a Twitter called insert cast, which sometimes has some of our episodes up there. I don't think I posted on that uh, Twitter in a year, so <laughs> mm. it is very inactive. Eh, um, no but bad. if you want to give us a follow on Facebook, want to give us a like on YouTube, uh, we would really appreciate that. And this has been episode 31. Catch you guys later. See ya.